Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. So welcome to Golden Triangle Church on the Rock. You know, tonight we're going to be opening up the Word, and I'm going to ask you to allow me tonight to assume a couple of things. Hey, uh, there's no way that I can catch us all up on where we're going to need to be to launch into what I believe God wants to share tonight. So I'm going to assume a couple of things. Number one, I'm going to assume that you either know or you will read up so you can know who the Bible character named Joseph is. Joseph is in the Old Testament, the first book of Genesis. He is the son of Jacob, okay? the 11th son of Jacob. And uh, the covenant passed from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then that, that covenant moved on through Joseph, who took care of his family, and God did a great work through Joseph and God's relationship with Joseph. And so if you'll read the book of Genesis, especially chapter 37 through the end of the book, you can actually see who this character is, Joseph. So I'm going to assume tonight that you know who Joseph is and you know a little bit about his story. Uh, or at least you'll catch up on who he was. Okay? A second thing that I need to assume tonight as we continue in our um, COTR Family Bible Study Series. Uh, the second thing that I need to assume is I need to assume that you understand what an overlay is like a transparency that you put on top of something else. Okay? Um, we spent about a year during COVID talking about and teaching about overlays, how that we can look at a Bible story and God intends that we put ourselves into that story. And once we identify in the Bible who we are in that story, then we can also identify other players. For example, whenever we talk about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, once we do an overlay and say that Egypt is the world, we can see that Pharaoh is a picture of the devil in that overlay. We can see that we are the children of God. We can see that, that the Red Sea is a water baptism. You know, this is what Corinthians says. That the cloud that covered them is the cloud of the Holy Spirit. The fire that protected them is the fire of the Holy Spirit. And the promised land, of course, is heaven. And the wilderness is this world and the journey that we're on through this world. We, you know, once you do an overlay and identify who you are in the story... It kind of makes it plain who everyone else is. And God intends for us to continue to overlay our lives on top of the Bible stories, Old Testament and New Testament, so that we can see who we are in any scenario. And if we happen to be somebody we don't want to be, 
we can say, okay, excuse me, forgive me, help me, God. I do not want to be Judas. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be that guy. I do not, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to be the young rich ruler who cared more about his money than he cared about following God. You know, once you identify who you are in that story, then you can see what you need to change in your life. You can see what you need to do and perhaps what you really need to avoid doing because that story is going to play out, you know, over and over and over again. So I'm going to trust, number one, that you know who Joseph is. I'm going to assume. And I'm going to assume that you know what an overlay is. That once, you know, we put ourselves into the story, who are we and who are other people? And if we don't like the character we are, then we need to change and say, okay, don't want to be like that. I don't want to do what they did. Or perhaps I want to do exactly what they did. You know, and uh, so let's look in the book of Acts as we continue with our COTR Family Bible Study series. Uh, and tonight uh, we're, we're uh, beginning the life of Joseph. And the topic for tonight is what makes an enemy? What makes an enemy? You know, uh, because we all face enemies in life. And there are a lot of enemies in the Bible. And we can see often in each Bible story, Old Testament and New Testament, you know, who the good guys, who the bad guys, and, and, and who the crowd is, and who the onlookers are. You know, uh, uh, overlaying, God uses this principle so many times. He likens himself to a father. And once he likens himself to a father and you overlay that on the scriptures, you can see who the children are. And you can see, you know, he likens himself to a judge. And in that scenario, we read scriptures that Jesus is our attorney. God is our judge. There are a great cloud of witnesses, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, and, and there's an accuser. Okay, there's a complainant. Uh, the devil is the accuser, and Jesus is our attorney, and God is our judge, and, and the evidence is the blood of Christ. I mean, you can do these overlays over and over and over and over again uh, once you get uh, who the character is. And so uh, let's, let's look at, at, at what makes an enemy. We're going to be looking at the life of Joseph, uh, Joseph as I said, for the next few weeks. And uh, in Acts, the seventh chapter, Assuming you know the life of Joseph, at least some of the things he went through, the scripture will be plain in Acts 7 verse 9 when it says, And the patriarchs, the patriarchs are our spiritual fathers, talking here specifically about the sons of Jacob, okay, talking about the fathers of all of the tribes, you know, um, um, the tribe of Judah, talking about Judah and Simeon and Ben and, uh, you know, uh, all of the different tribes. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. In the next few minutes, we're going to discover three principles from God's word concerning enemies. What makes them and how should we deal with our enemies? And we're going to see each one of these principles at work in the account of the life of Joseph, who was the favored son of Jacob. Uh, and, and let me just say something about the favored son, okay? Uh, we're not going here, but I've got to throw this overlay in so you can think about it later. 
Think about the favored son of Jacob. If you were to say, I am a favored son of my father, God, you become Joseph, God becomes Jacob, and all the rest of the brothers of the world, and they hate you. Same story. They hate you. They hate you, why? Because you are a favored child of God. That's what the Bible says. The world hates the righteous, and they seek their blood. All the scriptures make sense to the one story that God is telling. And you can see who you are. And, you know, if you, if, if you want to see Joseph as the church, then you can make out all the other players. You know, uh, uh, it's, it's important to realize that these overlays teach us so many things. Jesus used parables. They're overlays. He used the parable of fishermen. He used the parable of farmers. And all he's doing is laying a truth on top of a truth so that you can see yourself in the midst of a story and a principle that he's telling. We're going to look at some principles. And the first principles um, uh, that, that we will discover is that an enemy wants what you have. That's, that's what an enemy. He wants what you have. Okay? An enemy. The enemy. The devil. You know? He wants what you have. He wants your joy. He wants your peace. He wants your, 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 you know, your right standing with God. He wants your hope. He wants what you have. If you have something, especially something God gave you, he wants it. You know? He wants uh, your right to salvation. He wants you know, to keep you from you know, uh, having uh, uh, any benefits. You know? The enemy and enemy... Wants what you have. A second principle that we're going to discover is that your victory is not in your enemy's defeat. Uh, again, we'll see this in the life of Joseph. Your victory is not in your enemy's defeat. In fact, your victory is in your enemy's salvation. We see that in the life of Joseph. If you know the life of Joseph, his victory was when he was actually able to save his family, get his family saved out of their trouble and out of their problems. And that was his goal. That was why God sent him down, uh, down into Egypt. That's why God sent him into the world. That's why God sent Jesus into the world, was to save the family of God. Uh, so your victory is not in your enemy's defeat. And uh, the third principle that we're going to uh, discover and, and, and look at tonight is that when a man's ways please the Lord, he will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. When a man's ways please the Lord, God will make even your enemies be at peace with you. Wow. Allow me to define the enemy for this evening's purpose. And uh, um, An enemy, once again, an enemy is someone who is trying to hurt you. Let's talk about people for just a moment. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but the devil uses flesh and blood uh, to express how much he hates us. Okay? And so let's talk about people for just a moment. People who try to hurt you. People who try to rob from you. People who uh, make you afraid. Those are enemies. Those are the, the people the devil is using in order to express his hatred and his desire to rob and steal and kill and destroy. And, uh, uh, you know, an enemy is not someone you hate. Not someone you want to hurt but rather um, someone who hates you and wants to hurt you. Now, if you hate somebody and you want to hurt them, believe me, uh, you are the enemy. 
Okay? If you hate people and you want to hurt them, you have just put yourself into the category of being an enemy. An enemy not only to those individuals, but also an enemy to God. An enemy, as I said, when we talk tonight, is not someone that you are wanting to hurt. They're not your enemy. But if you're wanting to hurt someone, you are their enemy. An enemy wants to hurt you. Protecting yourself when attacked by an enemy does not make you an enemy. Okay? Protecting yourself when you are attacked does not make you an enemy. It makes you a protector. It's not unreasonable to protect yourself when an enemy tries to destroy you, when an enemy tries to rob from you. And it does not make you an enemy because if you will stop when they stop, you're not the enemy. Now, if you just want to go ahead and hurt them, yeah, you, then you become the enemy. Am I making myself uh, plain? I need to lay these foundations so that we can build upon them in just a moment. With these things in mind, let's read our key scripture once again. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. If we did a full reading of the account of this story from Genesis chapter 37 on through uh, the, the, the rest of the book of Genesis, um, we would understand that these ten brothers, the ten older brothers of Joseph, they hated him. They hated him because he was daddy's favorite. You can read about it, Genesis 37, in the first two or three verses. He was daddy's favorite, and because he was daddy's favorite, they hated him. And because he had a relationship with the father that they did not have, they hated him. And specifically, the children of Jacob were from, at this point, four different women. Two women were wives and two women were the handmaidens of the two wives. So two women had children for Jacob and two of these women who were concubines had children but they were not children of the wives, they were children of the concubines. And we even find these children of the concubines in Genesis chapter 37, we have reason to understand that the children who were born to Jacob by Zilpah and Bilhah were off together by themselves in another place when Joseph visited them and the first time he visited them and then whenever he came back they got very very, very jealous. Why? Because the indication is they were separated from the father and separated from the family. Now let me throw this in there really quick. Anytime you get separated from the father and separated from the family, and let's overlay that right now with God in the church, okay? Whenever you get separated from the father God and from the family of God, the church of Jesus Christ in the earth, then you have an opportunity to see the fires of the flesh begin to be fed, and you have an opportunity like the sons of Bilhah and, and Zip. You have a chance to begin to feed and stoke those fires of the flesh and allow that work of the flesh called hatred, in their case, 
to surface and to become so real in their life and for them to share those disappointments and share those aggravations and share those frustrations and what we don't like about Joseph. Why don't we like him? Because dad likes him. Because he's the favorite. Because he goes home and tells daddy everything. He has a better relationship than we have. And on and on and on and on. And once you allow yourself the freedom of complaint and murmuring and and all, the Bible says in Hebrews, it separates you from God. And once disconnected from the Father, and once disconnected from the family, then you're left in a place where the flesh has, has a free course to begin manifesting in wrath and sedition and heresy and murder and, and, and revelings and, and you know, uh, uh, anger, envy and jealousy and uh, you know, all of the things that Galatians chapter 5 tells us are works of the flesh and are not of God. In Genesis 37, as we said, when, when the brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than the others what they do they hated him and then Joseph dreamed a dream and guess what dreamers are also hated by non-dreamers people who dream of a better day hope of a better day want to do better get out there and work hard and make it work they are hated by those people who don't dream of a better day don't hope don't imagine it can be better i'm talking about you 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 can just get around people and start sharing what you believe god's going to do in your life (laughs) and watch and see how they you know this is where they'll fall out people who are connected to the father and connected to the family are going to go wow that's great And people who are disconnected from the Father or have never been connected to the Father, people who are disconnected from the family of God, they're going to begin to talk bad about you. Why? The world hates the righteous and the righteous dreams. This was a dream from God. This was not his own flesh. This was a dream from God. On top of all this, you know, the the enemy's not liking dreamers. Joseph imagined that there was going to be a better day. Better day, optimistic people, better day people are often hated by people who just want to complain about today instead of look toward a better day. I mean, how many times uh, do people just want to walk off from you if you're having a good day? How many times if you are you know, excited about something, and uh, they just go, hmm, yeah, they just don't even want to hear about it. But you find somebody that's connected to the father and connected to the family, they'll ask you, you know, more questions about it. They want to they hear the prophecy. They want to hear what God did at church. They want to hear what, you know, what, what's happening in your life. They want to hear your dreams. They want to hear your visions. They, 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 they want to pray for you to have a better day. Well, the, you know, uh, that's just the division. You know, your enemy is hoping that things will get worse. They're not hoping things will get better. And they don't want you believing things to get better. There are whole nations that disallow people believing things to get better. There are whole nations right now that will not allow a Christian to witness 
on the streets, or even in private because they don't want anybody in their nation being told that they could have a better day. Do you know there are places on planet Earth today that you go to jail, get kicked out of countries, or spend the rest of your life in prison for telling somebody they could have a better day? Isn't that amazing? Why? Because the world hates people who believe that you can have a better day, that there's hope. Your enemies hoping things will get worse for you. They feel threatened by your happiness. They feel threatened by your optimism. They feel threatened by the thought of your success. They feel threatened because if you are right, they are wrong. And if you could have a better day, that means they probably could too. And they're not, you know, uh, they don't want to be outshined by you. Acts 7, 9, we've already read it twice, but did you, did you catch the part where it says that the patriarchs became envious? That connotates a process. It's a process. They, became, they didn't just start off envious. They became envious. They got to the place where they were an enemy of Joseph. They wanted to hurt him. They wanted to rob from him. They wanted to stop him. They wanted to kill him. They hated him. But it was a process. The Greek word used in the original text translated into envious um, in, in, in this word is the word um, uh, Z-E-L-O-O. And um, a simple study of this word and its roots, uh, um, uh, it, 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 it deals with feelings. Feelings that make our blood boil. Okay? Envious. Basically, to have a fervent, hot, to be, you know, be hot, to be, to, you know, uh, to be zealous. That's where we get the root word, is where we get the word zealous from. Okay? Uh, to be. Uh, uh, um, um, in, in this situation, uh, you know, uh, to, to have their blood pressure raised. You know, every time Joseph come around, their blood pressure would go up. <laughs> you know, it'd start boiling their blood. they just start feeling angry. they just start, anything he said irritated them. Boy, have you ever felt that way? Yeah, well, hey, listen, you better watch out because you don't want to become... Something you don't want to be, become an enemy and hoping that they have a bad day, hoping that their business doesn't work. I hope they fail. No, you don't want to get into that. You don't want to become an enemy. So we have to monitor these things that, that tend to tempt us to let the flesh speak to us, let the flesh rule. Uh, Today's analogy, as I said, would maybe blood pressure raising to dangerous levels and to, to an intense anger and hatred and um, almost out of your mind zeal. You know, and, and in fact, as I said, the word comes from the, word, uh, uh, the same root word. It's where we get zealous from. And uh, uh, to be driven with a mad passion, to be driven with a mad rage. You know, it sounds like an awful thing to be hated this much, as much as Joseph was, by his family. Can you imagine family hating family that much? Family hating family so much that family wishes family would fail. 
Family wishes family would not have any hope. Family wishes family would not have any joy, any peace. That family, uh, you know, uh, this, this uncontrollable, uh, irrational anger, so, that, uh, so, so, uh, so angry that they are willing to hurt you with a hurt that will hurt forever. Wow. What makes such an enemy? It's the fallen nature of mankind. What the Bible calls the flesh. This is the work that grows in the mind of a person who is disconnected from the father, disconnected from the family. We clearly see it happening in the account of Genesis 37 here uh, and the rest of the book of Genesis. And, and the Apostle Paul writes to the church in the regions of Galatia concerning this very thing when he talks about the works of the flesh. There are a lot of works in the flesh, works of the flesh. And there we find a word jealousy. Jealousy, it is the very same Greek word from the same Greek root as this word envy. They became envious. They were jealous. They wanted what Joseph had. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants what you have. They may not think you deserve it, but they certainly don't want you to have it. They want to have it. They're jealous. They're envious. And they want to hurt you trying to solve their own failures, their own insecurities, their own lack. The patriarchs, as I said, became. It didn't just happen overnight. It, they got all worked up. They kept working themselves up. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a group whenever somebody leaves, you know, somebody leaves the group and then the person that leaves is the person you start talking about? Come on. Somebody says something negative about the person that left. In fact, some people won't leave groups because they think, no, I'm not leaving this group because the last three people that left, we crucified them. I'm just going to hang right here. <laughs> I'm safe. I'm going to keep them from talking about me. When a if a person will talk about someone to you, they will talk about you to someone. That's, that's just a given. That's a reality. Okay? And, and, and so when a, when a person leaves the group, the other group, you know, when Joseph left the, 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 the sons of, 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 of the two concubines, they all started talking about him. You know? And then when they saw him coming again, they all started talking about him. You know? And whenever we get in a group and start talking, if we're not watchful, we just stir up the fires of the flesh. And we stir up the hatred and the, and the envy and the jealousy and, the, and, and all of these things. And, and you know, feeding the fires of hatred will eventually turn you into an enemy. Turn you into the enemy. You'll want to hurt somebody. You'll wish them harm. You want to hurt them with a hurt that, 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 that they can't recover from. There's a difference between planning an attack and defending yourself from an attack. But these brothers planned their attack. They consciously together fed the fires of hatred until they turned themselves into the enemy of their brother. And not just the enemy of their brother, but they just destroyed the hope of their father. The constant unbridled conversation among the brothers caused this hatefulness to take root. It became a, a, a fruitful root. 
And then selling their brother into slavery was absolutely the best they could have done because several of them wanted to kill him. However, it's not the end of the story. You know, God loves even our enemies. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and we're told by Jesus that we should love them as well, just like Joseph did. As I said in the beginning, you know, an enemy, you know, an enemy is jealous, an enemy is envious, an enemy is zealous. But an enemy simply, an enemy wants what you have. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not become an enemy to thy neighbor. To want what they have. To want to rob from them, steal from them, take something from them. Why would God put it in the Ten Commandments? Because He knows the capacity of mankind. He knows the temptations we face. And if we're not watchful, we will not want someone to be happy because we don't like them. We want to rob them of joy and peace. The second principle, you may remember, your victory is not in your enemy's defeat. You know, years later when Joseph had the chance to hurt his brother's back, he teaches us a good lesson. He didn't. You know, he could have put them in jail. He could have kept them in jail for life. He could have absolutely executed them, and no one would have had any questions. He could have went, ha, 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 I got you now. But that is not what happened. He did not become the enemy of his brothers. Joseph did not become an enemy to his enemies. That's what Jesus said. Don't become an enemy to your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Bless those who evilly treat you. Oh my goodness, that's a hard one. All he's asking us to do is to stay out of the flesh and keep from stoking the fires and feeding the fires of the flesh, especially when we're in a group, because we don't want to spread that hatred and spread those fires to others. Third principle, Proverbs 16, verse 7 says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's just pure scripture. When we please God, God will take care of our enemies. If we'll spend less time trying to take care of it ourselves, more time letting God take care of it, loving our enemies, praying for them, please the Lord. When my ways please the Lord, God will take care of my enemies. When? In His good timing. Someone that wants to hurt, steal, kill, destroy, rob, God will take care of them. We read Acts 7, 9. Look at the next verse. You know, the Bible says that they became envious and they sold him into Egypt. But God was with Joseph and delivered him out of all his troubles. Boy, that's what I like. That's the lesson I want to learn, that God is with us. If we put ourselves into the story, if we put ourselves into Joseph's place, and we all can, we have all been treated wrong by other people. Every one of us has been disappointed by someone else. Every one of us has been hurt. Perhaps you've been betrayed, maybe even by family. Maybe you've been attacked. Maybe you've been suddenly attacked, you know, uh, but God was with him. If you put yourself into the story 
and you'll continue to act like Joseph act and not become an enemy to your enemies even when you get a chance. And if you will realize that your, your uh, uh, you know, success, your victory is not in your enemy's defeat, it's in pleasing God, then God will make even your enemies to be at peace with you. God was with Joseph and delivered him out of all of his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over all over Egypt and all Pharaoh's house. Isn't that amazing? Wow. So my conclusions tonight as I leave this with you, those of you in our congregation online and on campus as well, number one, I would admonish you, do not disconnect from the father or from the family. Church is the family of God. Church is important. It's important to Jesus. Jesus died for the church. Jesus is coming back for the church. More than just dating the girlfriend of Jesus, commit yourself to the bride of Christ. Don't disconnect from church. You know, you might say, well, it's, it's, just, not, it's just not all I want it to be. I'm certain Joseph was not perfect as well. But that did not give an excuse for his brothers to become the enemy of what God was doing, of the salvation that God was bringing even to their own families. The church, don't disconnect. Don't disconnect from the Father and don't disconnect from the family. Then, number two, don't stir up the fires of the flesh. If you're in one of those circles and somebody leaves, people start talking, why not change the subject? If you can't change the subject, won't you change your location and say, hey, look, guys, y'all can talk about me. I'm fixing to leave. Y'all start talking to me. Won't you, won't you give you know, uh, John a rest? Y'all can talk about me for a while because I think you're all the enemy. There. There's something you can talk about. I think you're in the flesh. You know, go ahead. Go for it. Why not? You know, that's my opinion. Won't y'all talk about me for a while and give him a rest? Why not? Don't stir the fires of the flesh. Don't stir them in your own mind, in your own heart. Don't lay in bed at night wondering how you could pay somebody back. You know, uh, recognize it and resist it. And then uh, I'll leave you with this last one. Uh, don't become an enemy to your enemies. Okay? Just decide. I am not going to become an enemy to my enemies. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day. God bless.